0: Mike here. Welcome to the Vox Podcast. So glad that you're tuning in. Thank you so very much for allowing us to be a small part of your life. Last fall, I interviewed a guy named Nate Collins, and so it was several episodes ago, who was the founder of something called Revoice. And Revoice was a conference that, that was also kind of emblematic of a bigger movement of people who identified as gay. And people who were committed to following the kind of traditional classic understanding of, uh, of biblical teaching around sexuality. And we interviewed Nate, a guy named David Bennett, who had uh, written, come out with a book called A War of Loves. And then a friend uh, named Tyler Chernitsky, who is a pastor. Um, and and the, there is this growing sort of movement. um, represented by this Revoice conference that that I find really, really fascinating. And so there's another Revoice conference coming up. Um, I'm recording this in April 2019. Uh, The conference um, this year is uh, in, um, let's see here. It is June 5th through 8th, 2019 in St. Louis uh, called Revoice 19. If you go to revoice.us, or us, uh, you can find out more about it. And and I've gotten some questions from folks on on both sides of the LGBTQ conversation uh, about why it is that we are highlighting uh, these stories so consistently. And uh, those are very fair questions. My my answer is uh, first of all, I'm always interested in people and and uh, who are trying to find kind of a middle ground between the, the polarities. And so we have very non-affirming Christians. We have very affirming Christians. Um, and here are Christians that kind of are falling in the middle so that they get criticized from both sides. They identify as gay. So they get criticized from the conservative side and yet they hold to, uh, the traditional understanding of, of Christian sexual ethics. So they get uh, criticized a bit from the progressive side, because they they, they make the argument, and this is where uh, Joanna, the, the gal we're going to meet today, um, they make the argument that the follow, following the teachings of Jesus is not harmful for gay people. And uh, one of the, I think, the biggest arguments for the you know, affirming community is that, well, I mean, what you're saying, if you want to follow Jesus, is you're committed to a life of celibacy and, and the false promise of orientation change. And, and, and so here's this whole group of people who are arguing uh, we are gay and uh, we've tried to change that, and orientation changes in the goal of our salvation, Christ likeness, and Christ likeness is. Um, and yet, in the midst of the, the uh, processing through all of these issues, we've decided to, to commit to, you know, celibacy or um, uh, however it is that the uh, traditional ethic is upheld. And uh, so I find this interesting. Now, when I, when I was watching um, the Revoice YouTube channel, there was a, a talk that was given last year by a woman named Johanna Finnegan. She has an undergraduate degree from Princeton, um, a PhD in philosophy from MIT, and she gave a talk on um, responding to particularly conservative critics. Um, And and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And so I wanted to have her on. And so this is a very long episode, I I know. And and there there are two parts to it. The first is just kind of her story, which I found uh, totally compelling. And then the second is some of the content that she explores more fully in the youtube talk but uh we get into a bit of it here and uh again um i'm trying to highlight uh part of this whole conversation that isn't normally highlighted and if you're curious go to revoice.us um or uh go to their their conference which um which is second year and and i think it's uh I think it's going to be much bigger this year. So anyway, all that is to say, I'm not an advocate for them. I'm not, you know, paid by them or anything like that. But I find it, I find the conversation they're having deeply, deeply interesting. And so I hope you enjoy this one. Hey guys, uh, Mike here. I'm here with my new friend, Joanna Finnegan, right? Is how you say that? Mm -hmm. Not the Joanna part, but the Finnegan part. (laughs) And and th- and and this is a sister from another mister. She lives in Ohio. So let me hear you. Well, did you grow up in Ohio?
1: No, no, sorry.
0: Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> did your husband grow up in Ohio? No, no. Oh boy.
1: We're, we're here. We're here for the the air force base. Is, is why we're. Here.
0: <laughs> okay, so you're not here by choice, is what you're saying?
1: Uh, well, I mean, in the sense he could work somewhere else, but yeah, we didn't. Ohio. Sorry. This is, I don't want this to go no, out it's the okay. wrong way, It's okay. It's not. okay.
0: Let me just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the Ohio state Buckeye sign over my shoulder isn't, isn't super impressive to you right now.
1: It, it, it doesn't speak to me. One, okay. One way
0: or the other, are but. you, a, are you a sports fan?
1: Uh, not, I, used, I used to be uh much more of a Patriots fan uh, than I am now. I would say I'm still a little bit of a fan or identified as such, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I actually, I found recently that I've had just a lot of other things that I want to do with my time. No, seriously. And,
0: oh.
1: Uh, and and really, my my um, my husband gets really emotionally invested. And, uh, <laughs> He really gets so worked up and and it's it's sort of ridiculous because it's the Patriots, because it should be like the easiest team to watch and follow. Right, right. Like if they're not up by two touchdowns, he's like tearing his hair out. He's like, they're going to blow it. They're going to blow it. They're going to lose it all. Uh, And so the drama of that, uh, you know, sort of makes, I can only take so much of of that in my life. So I enjoy, uh, you know, he introduced me. Uh, he introduced me to to football while we were living in Boston together. So I, that's how I became a Patriots fan. Is that's got
0: it. Got, it? got it. Where, where, did it. You, where did you grow up originally? Uh, upstate New York. Upstate New York, and then parents were uh, religious. No, no, Ooh. not
1: not particularly. Um, I would say we were Christian in the sense that we weren't Jewish. Okay. <laughs> um, I we when i was little we sometimes attended a catholic church every now and then uh in sort of my older elementary years uh, middle school years we sporadically attended uh sort of a mainline presbyterian mm-hmm. uh, pcusa church um but i i didn't see any of that religious attendance translating into an, an into anything meaningful yeah it just sort of seemed like you know something that, you know, back in those days, you know. So we're ta- we're talking '80s, right? Like it was still sort of, I think, culturally appropriate. Yeah. To to, to go to church even if it, you weren't yeah. really into it. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: So you know. Uh,
0: what was the? What was the? I'm sorry to interrupt you. If you were if you were heading somewhere else.
1: Oh no no you am just gonna say that. You know, it it struck me that, that nobody took any of it seriously, you know, even as a kid. <laughs> no, even right, as a kid, right, it struck right. me very keenly. I was like, wait, we're singing these songs. We're mm-hmm. reciting these creeds. You know, on, on Sunday, we're praying these prayers, you know, when we show up to church. And but but none of this means anything. You know, it's it's like a mm-hmm. kind of play acting. It's like a kind of you know, like a civil war, like a historical reenactment, you know, like let's, let's, <laughs> let's pretend we believe in Jesus for an hour right. a week. And, and that's all I knew, you know, that's what I thought, that's what I thought Christianity was. And mm, as a result, mm. it seemed kind of like a, a terrible waste of time.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's,
1: and I don't, and I, that's just the lens I was viewing it through, you know, my particular experience, my, you know, and I, I'm i sure I had a child's eyes and was missing all kinds of things. So I don't mean this as an insult against you know, mainline or, or progressive Christianity in general, but for me, there was no connection there.
0: Right? How about that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're, so, so when your parents would go, was there any spiritual conversations or anything at home, um, or was there, or were they, I, or were, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I got in trouble once for saying that God didn't exist, but <laughs> or you know, I you know, I don't, I don't think God. I think I was probably like twelve, and I'm like, you know, I don't think God's real. Um, yeah, and that yeah. was a bad thing to say. And said, so, "No, you don't. You know, you don't say that." But that was it. You know, that was all they had to. That was all they had to say about that. And yeah, that was
0: oh,
1: like, oh. yeah. it didn't impress me. You know, as someone who is sort of philosophically oriented and a deep thinker, you know, the idea mm-hmm. that we say these things and we go through these motions, um, but we don't really believe it. We don't really take it seriously. It doesn't really impact our lives. You know, but we yeah. don't like to think about that. We don't like to acknowledge that. Right. You know, that, that is totally, totally rubbed me the wrong way.
0: Yeah. Even, yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, What were the messages as you were growing up then that that you received about sexuality? Were those from the church? No, no, not at all. all. Or that was just cultural?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cultural. Um, So I was aware, you know, I was aware that religious Catholics somewhere out there thought homosexuality was a sin. Hmm. I was aware that evangelicals, you know, this mystical tribe of people that I'd never met, uh, <laughs> never seen one in my life. But, you know, I knew from reading the the newspapers and the magazines that they were somewhere out there and they, you know, hated gay people is, you know, how I would have perceived it at the time. Uh, so I knew that there were Christians of some sort that, that had a problem with sexuality, but, mm-hmm. uh, that, that wasn't, that wasn't my experience. Uh, I did, grow up with very uh negative views about Mm, it uh mm. when i when i realized uh when i kind of really couldn't deny to myself uh any longer that i was gay which probably happened around 11 or so Mm -hmm. yeah uh and it was you know even earlier than that um i started to feel you know weird things and I think for a while, I tried to tell myself, you know oh no i'm just I'm just really intensely into friendship and not terribly interested in boys, mm-hmm. um, but eventually, you know, as hormones sort of ratchet up, you know, I was like, no, no that's not that's not really what's going on mm-hmm. uh, I actually I feel the way about the girls, the way that the girls are feeling about the boys mm-hmm. and vice versa and, and and that's what's happening here and I was not happy about that. I was—I yeah. didn't tell anybody for, for for four years at least, um, three or four years. I—it was—it was—it was just, it was it was dis- it was a playground insult. You know, mm. I'd heard the words "gay" and "lesbian," but mm. uh, for the longest time, I didn't know like that. That actually applied to real people. You mm. know, I just thought it was a term of abuse. Yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, when I did find out that, that there was a such thing as gay people, they're already described in just sort of terms of contempt, mm. scorn, you know, you got to watch out for them, mm. you know, mm. they're going to try to, you know, whatever, touch you, do something to you, you yeah. know. Um,
0: yep. Yep. AIDS, was, this, AIDS was happening in the 80s, the, yeah, a, the first yeah. AIDS crisis. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, there was the AIDS thing, yeah, which yeah. I think on some level I was conscious of, uh, and that that was a, a gay thing.
0: Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, just being gay was, was not a good thing to be. Uh,
0: I there got, weren't religious. there weren't religious messages behind that. No, that was just no, what no, you'd internalized no, along no. the way. Yeah.
1: So all of my peers were, were very secular and, but I got bullied uh, a lot uh, in middle school and I got mm. bullied for different reasons, but the, the bullying that hurt the worst was on account of my sexuality uh, because that's where I felt, you know, sort of the most vulnerable Oh, you of know, course. That was the. You know, yeah. somebody you know picks on you for being a nerd. You can still be like, well, yeah, but you know, we'll see who's laughing. Right, you know, right, Twenty right. years I mean, 20 from years. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but you know, when people would you know go after me for being gay, like A, I was like, oh no, they're right. And B, I was like, oh, you know, I am this, I'm this, mm. I'm this terrible thing. You know, I. Oh my goodness. You know, I didn't have a, I didn't have a positive example. Uh, yeah. You know, it, I am this scary thing. I am this monster. You know, when I saw Beauty wow. and the Beast, I was like, that just hit me. And I was like, oh, no, I, you know, I'm this beast. Uh, you know, I'm this. And, and you wow. know, that's a hard thing to be, you know, like a, a teenage, you know, a young teenage kid and, and be with and not be able to talk about.
0: No. Um, and, and, yeah, and, and,
1: so, so none of that was religious, really.
0: Oh, my goodness. And did your parents, looking back on it, did your parents have any idea that you were you were going through this?
1: I don't, I mean, a level on which, so I was very tomboyish. Uh, I was, you know, getting mistaken for a boy all the time. Uh, whenever I played Barbies with my friends, I was always Ken, you know, and whenever we played mm-hmm. house, you know, I was always the daddy, you know, because I was so good at it is what, the way they would put it. No, so oh, oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> right, I was Whoa. sort of set up to fail, but, <laughs> but um, so, and, you know, there were times when my, my mom would be like, oh, you know, do you need to you know, do you, you know, you kind of look like a dyke, you know, do you really need to wear that shirt, you know, oh, wow. do
0: you really need
1: to walk like that, but I don't know it's so much that she expected that earth, but hmm. she feared that that might be a thing. You know, I think okay. they were both in the place where uh, I don't think they, they knew I was before I did, but I definitely know that at least the possibility of being mistaken as such crossed their mind. If that makes any
0: sense. It totally absolutely makes sense. So that, so that's just another reinforcing message to you as you're trying to figure all of this out. Yeah. So, so you hit college, um, you're going to, you're going to Princeton.
1: I am going to Princeton. I was going to Princeton.
0: (laughs) Yes. And, 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 uh, so obviously great student, Mm -hmm. um, did as you went in as you transitioned into college had you let your parents in on any of this yet?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd uh, I'd actually come out to my mom uh around 14 or 15. Uh she was the she was the first person I came out to. Oh wow. Yeah, she didn't reject me. Well, I just I'm not I needed to tell somebody. I'm not a faker, I'm not a pretender uh hmm. and you know, I'd kept this to myself for years, so I I told her. Uh she didn't she didn't reject me, she didn't throw me out, but she clearly uh, wasn't thrilled. Uh, she was ashamed, yeah, but... a little bit horrified, mm. you know. You you know, didn't you know, you can't make a decision like that. You know, like um, or yeah. So it wasn't a positive experience, but it wasn't like getting uh, kicked out kicked out of my house or anything.
0: Remind me again how old you were when you when you I was talking her. to
1: my mom or yeah.
0: when I You were 15, 14, 14 14, Okay. Okay. And then, and then how long till your dad? Uh, dad Actually, I didn't
1: tell my dad till after I got to college. Okay. Uh, Because my mom was like, don't don't tell your dad, you know, who knows how, you know, I don't know how he'll react. He might disown you. Oh Uh, boy. Well, it wasn't. And and I don't think he would have, but it was, you know, again, if it's something you can't talk about, if all you know is that everyone has really negative feelings about this, that's right if it's unspeakable, then, you know, we don't know. So I don't, I don't, I don't falter for thinking that, you know, it actually, you know, I wasn't sure Uh, as it turned out, that wasn't the case, you know, when he found out. uh, So during my freshman year, he found out and, you know, his reaction was to cry, you know, Mm -hmm. sob. So he certainly wasn't thrilled, but it was rejection was not part of it. Mm. Uh, Disowning was not part of it, you know?
0: So, um, so That's you find it. yourself at now you find yourself at princeton?
1: I'm in princeton
0: and and religiously, where are you at I, during uh, the college years?
1: Yeah. so I start out a pretty you know, based on my previous sexuality experience uh, and my experience of sort of mainline Christianity growing up, I'm starting out as a pretty hardened atheist,
0: yeah. um that twelve year old who didn't say God is see God as real has now has now hardened into that,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, providentially, uh, you know, I, th- I think I, I, started off college with high hopes, uh, you know, in, in high school, I didn't know any other, I didn't know any other lesbians. I didn't know any other gay mm. people. I didn't know anybody who actually thought homosexuality was okay. And so I had all these visions for, you know, I'm going to get to college, you know, I'm going to be totally out. I'm going to be free. You know, I'm going to be able to connect with my own people and you know, it's going to, it's going to be great. Right. It's going to, It's going to fix my life. You know, I'd had, Mm. I'd had struggles with depression and other issues before, Mm. uh, but I'd always kept my eye on, as I think a lot of kids do, right, getting out from under my parents' roof, you know, getting, being on my own, you know, being liberated, uh, and that was going to fix everything. Hmm. Um, It felt nice. It felt nice that to be out, to be open, you know, to be romantically alive, you know, able to like, you know, mm. flirt and date like, like everybody else. Um, but I discovered really quickly that um, even though I was in a new place and uh, there, was, there was good stuff going on, I had a lot of uh, personal baggage and mental health mm. issues. Mm. That, that freedom and women, you know, Dating women were not going to solve.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this wasn't going to be a cure-all. Uh, you know, I was there was just a lot of ways in which I was I was a mess, and there, were, there was family stress in there, and like oh, I said, man. different issues, and you know, we don't need to dig all that up. Yeah. Uh, long story short, is I withdraw hmm. my freshman year uh, temporarily um, because oh, wow. I've just become so deeply depressed.
0: Mm, I'm so sorry,
1: you know, yeah, no, it's, it's all right. I mean, it's all right. I mean, God, we're going to find out that God uses it. And so that's all good.
0: I know, but, but it uh, still blows chunks. Yeah, no,
1: no, it, it's, and it's at time it was, you know, it was devastating, I can't you know, imagine. particularly cause I'd had these hopes yeah. that, that this was, you know, once I could be, once I could really be myself, it was all going to fall into place and like, no, wow. You know, it's actually more complicated than that. Um, So yeah, so I am home for a while, a few months, and I'm Mm. out of school, and I have, I've been questioning a lot of things about life, and I have a lot of spare time on my hands. Um, And in in that first semester I'd been at college, uh, I'd gotten exposed to two things, uh, Mm. evangelicals and the internet.
0: Um, (laughs) There's a winning combo.
1: Oh, wait, wait, wait. So I'd never known an evangelical growing up uh, through following gay rights issues. You know, I knew that there Mm -hmm. were these people out there and they had a big problem with with gays. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the only thing I knew about them. You know, I had no idea what they believed about Jesus. I had no Mm -hmm. idea what the gospel was or anything like that. Uh, I only became acquainted with the gospel on on any level Uh, when I saw a camp – my first semester at princeton there was a campus crusade for christ ad in the in the college newspaper mm. uh, with the four spiritual laws in it mm. and and it was like and it wasn't like i was like persuaded or converted i was like oh but it was it was very much a moment like oh that's interesting you know that's what they believe mm. uh, and so it actually yeah um the internet i found out that as today, uh, it was the same 20 years ago. There are a lot of wrong people on the internet, and mm-hmm. I also really like to argue. Uh, so I, <laughs> so I decided that I would spend all this time going to like Family Values websites, Family Values oh, organization wow. websites that you know had their own like web forums and bulletin boards and stuff, and I was just gonna get into it uh, with the Christian. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I mean, I, you know, here I'm, I'm a I'm a what, 18, 19 year old kid who's, you know, infatuated with her own intelligence. So, you know,
0: this is a completely
1: reasonable thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I met a lot of jerks. You know, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, most of the Christians I met that way. A lot of them were jerks. Uh, but there were some people who, you know, I wouldn't say they bowled me over intellectually or I felt they, they answered my arguments. Um, but it it was startling to me to meet people for the first time who took, who seemed to be, you know, what what I'd been missing, who seemed to be taking Christianity seriously. Like what i had been missing in the Christianity of my youth that I thought was impossible, right? That nobody thinks this stuff actually matters, that nobody thinks this is actually real. You know, Mm -hmm. some of these people, you know, regardless of how disastrous their politics were, uh, Jesus mattered to them. Uh, the will, what they thought God wanted, made a difference for how they how they lived their lives, uh, and how the, the cho- their choices they made. Mm. And and that that was mind blowing uh, mm. to realize that 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 this could matter, that this could that this could be serious, that that this could be an integral part of like an like an integral faith, you know, not mm-hmm. just something you dress up as. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So uh, eventually through this, I got connected to a dialogue project. Uh, Mm. I think it was the first, it might be the first dialogue project on this subject. It was called Bridges Across the Divide. Mm. And it brought together, it was supposed to bring together people who disagree about homosexuality. Uh, As it happened, uh, almost everybody on both sides was either gay or same-sex attracted. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So we had on the (laughs) the, the (laughs) conservative side uh, at the time, we had lots of ex-gays. Mm-hmm. And on the, on, the, on the affirming side, we had, you know, both secular atheists like myself and as well as some progressive Christians, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Um, this is sort of where I make two, uh, form two relationships that uh, sort of change things for me. Um, or sort of the, the next step, I, uh, I, one of the, the young, uh, one of the women I met on the, on the traditional side Uh, I think she identified as, as ex-gay, you know, she was just a little bit older than me, Mm. Uh, just, just this very passionate, you know, I think she was very charismatic sort of, you know, Toronto blessing-y, you know, very dynamic. Um, And also just this relentless, tenacious evangelist that, you know, would not shut up about Jesus (laughs) and would not stop talking to me about Jesus. And at one point she sends me Philip Yancey's uh, disappointment with God Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, and I, I, I write back to her, I said, you know, honey, I'm not disappointed with God. You know, I don't think he exists. I don't think mm-hmm. he's real. And she's like, no, 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 just read the book anyway. And it was actually hugely influential. Um, and it's not so much the apologetic mm-hmm. involved, but the way that Yancey proceeds in that book is like, okay, you know, we're disappointed with God but let's look at the relationship between God and people from God's end. And he, and he sort of does this by going through scripture, you know, mm-hmm. so God, you know, how God relates to people in Genesis, how God relates to mm-hmm. people in you know, Exodus oh, and you know, the wilderness mm-hmm. and all that. Um, and then through, you know, David and Solomon the prophets, and, you know, of course, ultimately the person of Jesus. And he, port- he just paints this portrait of a God who, who's dynamic, right? Who loves, who hates because he loves, you know, mm-hmm. who cares, uh, you know, who gets upset, you know, sometimes uses the language of a, you know, a frustrated parent or, you know, a jilted lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'd heard the the sort of the, the trite expressions of uh, personal relationship with God or personal God before, but I'd never I'd never understood what it meant or, you know, it, it always seemed empty to me. But, but when he, when, when Philip Yancey, you know, pointed to the scriptures and how the scriptures paint this picture of this narrative character of God has hmm. this really fascinating, loving, dynamic, interesting being, you know, that hmm. has, that has so much going on, uh, you know, I, I don't think it persuaded me that God exists, but, but it definitely got me to think, wow, you know, it would be really, it'd be really interesting if he, if he did exist.
0: And mm-hmm. was like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, wow. You know, that's a kind of God that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting? You know, wouldn't that be interesting if there was a God who mm. loved us like that? Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, that just sort of, you know, got the seeds planted. Um, uh, you it know, was-
0: Sorry. So that was one. No, no, that was one. So that was one relationship you met yeah. from this. Yeah, the second form. relationship.
1: The second relationship was. Um, she was a woman who's a bit older than me. I think. You know, I think. I think she was probably in her either late thirties or early forties at the time.
0: So very young. Now that we're looking back at, yeah. it, a very young person. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. But at the time, you
0: know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah! Yeah!
1: Yeah! Of course. Um, you know, totally different. Totally different <laughs> stage of life. But she. Um, and she was different. She was not pushy in any way, the way the, the first woman was. Um, you know, she was. But the interesting thing about, well, the first interesting thing about her was that she just had this unbelievably you know, gentle, kind, patient character that sort mm-hmm. of drew, she just had this magnetism about her that drew everyone else in the, in the, in the dialogue group towards her. Mm. You know, even, even like the most, you know, the most rabid, you know, atheist, you know, Christianity is evil, you know, is harmful people would just be drawn, uh, just be drawn to her. And it was, and I, I don't know how it was obvious or why it was obvious, but it was, it was totally obvious that it was about Jesus and it was mm. about her passion for Jesus. And she, she never talked about it or she never dra- bragged about it, but just the way, the way she lived her life, the way she spoke about her life. Mm. It just, it just constantly reminded you of just how how central how central Jesus was to her and, and how wow. important he was to her. Wow. Um, and you know, and she was also she was totally vulnerable and totally open about how she'd been same sex attracted mm. uh, her whole life. Mm.
0: Uh, And And then following Jesus hadn't changed that
1: following Jesus hadn't changed that. And, you know, yeah, she'd been following Jesus the whole time, Hmm. you know, following Jesus hadn't changed that. And, you know, she was, she'd been in a lot of, you know, Pentecostal and charismatic circles where Jesus Hmm. would be expected to change that. Right. And so, you know, she'd pretty much tried everything that could be tried, you know, prayed everything that could be prayed, gone through all kinds of deliverance and stuff. Um, And, and A, nothing had worked. And B, a lot of people judged her faith because, mm-hmm. because nothing had worked. And right, so exactly. she must be doing something wrong. Right. She must not really have faith that, that God would, would leave her like that and leave her hurting like that. And yeah. so she was totally open about this experience and how painful it was. But at the same time, she was, was equally confident. And, and again, she didn't say this, but she just communicated it in, you know, sort of indirectly in the things she did say, uh, that that Jesus was worth it, Uh, you know, that this was hard, but that Jesus was better, Uh, you know, and, you know, at the time in my sort of arrogant, you know, sort of, you know, freshman, sophomore, secular atheist mindset, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, she should envy me right? Because, you know, maybe my life wasn't particularly rocking at the moment, but, you know, at least I had, you know, I had my freedom, you know, it was, it was, it was going to get better. I was going to, you know, live my, you know, my full, my best gay life. And, you know, I thought, I thought she should envy me, but she didn't envy me. You know, I mean, she didn't, in a sense, I think she probably actually pitied me or felt sorry for me. And not that she would rub that in or ever say that in an obnoxious way, but I just got the sense that, you know if i had gayness and she had jesus that she thought she had the better end if i had the freedom to be gay and she had mm-hmm, jesus mm-hmm. she felt that she had the better end of the deal wow and and that just spoke to me you know it was sort of like the parable about the the man who uh finds a treasure in a field and then mm-hmm. you know sells all that he has to buy it you know if you're the random neighbor looking on and you see some guy buying this you know barren lot and <laughs> And, you know, and spending a fortune for it, you're like, wow, you know, there, there must be something in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that really, her example, and, and I love that because it's encouraging because I'm often a person who doesn't have it all together and, <laughs> you know, who, who has suffered and who does suffer. And, you know, her example is just so encouraging because uh, it reminds me that at my best, uh, you know, we can, we can point people to Jesus uh, in the midst of, of okay. things that hurt in the midst of of things that are hard, um, so yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, those were the two relationships that that really brought me to the point of uh, thinking seriously about Christianity. Sorry, I'm going to try to condense a little. Sorry, I sort of no, 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 gone no. astray.
0: I mean, no, I'm sort you of, have I'm not. So this bad. is this is fantastic. Okay, how how did. Uh, so, so these conversations open you up to the possibility that there yes. may be something here. Yes. Um, but at the same time, you're still at home. You're still yes. terribly depressed. Yes. When when did you get back to school, and then what was that like? Now with kind of a, an openness, right, to things maybe you hadn't been open to before.
1: Right. That's right. So so this actually continued. So th- these relationships were actually more formed after I'd gone back to school. Oh
0: God! Uh, so so yes, yeah, so I took
1: off. I took off the spring semester uh, of my freshman mm-hmm. year, and then uh, came back in the fall.
0: Had yeah, uh, you gotten? Had you gotten treatment for yes, the depression? Yes, yes,
1: Yes, I was. I was. Yes, I was seeing a, uh, a therapist. I was seeing a psychiatrist. I was on medication. So um, yeah, I was getting help, and okay. you know, my life. You know, things were stable. Things were better, uh, as is typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at. I think this is true of colleges in general, but it's certainly true of uh, Ivy League colleges that care about their reputation. They do not let you, if you withdraw for depression reasons or,
0: mm.
1: you know, potential suicidality reasons, they don't let you come back unless they're convinced, you know, you've got all your, all your ducks in a row because you know they're worried about. I mean, understandably, understandably, they're worried about reputation, Mm -hmm. uh, liability, stuff like that. So yes, I was in a much better place. You know, Mm -hmm. I had been, I had been getting, I had been getting therapy, getting therapy for the first time in my life, uh, getting, you know, on medication, which I actually found very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was sort of in a place where I was stable, but yes, I was, I was in a place where I was having these conversations with Christians, uh, you know, thinking about spiritual, intrigued, intrigued by Mm uh these sort of uh the idea that Christianity had had been something different than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Uh that Jesus, that God was was something different than than I'd thought he was, um or someone mm-hmm. different
0: than I'd thought he was. Now how were you I'm sorry to interrupt you in that in hey, that yeah. but how were how you squaring that then with what was happening sexually? Um, because you, you know, the only messages you'd ever received were the God's angry and God, you know, you're an abomination or whatever it is. So how, how was that beginning to come together for you?
1: Right. Right. So, uh, so I met, so from the time I began to consider Christianity seriously, I'd always known affirming Christians. Mm. Uh, you know, that was, that was out there. Uh, part Mm. of my arguing, you know, when I first started arguing with, with, uh, people on the family values forums, I would, you know, I would sometimes try to try these arguments. Well, you know, the Bible doesn't really condemn homosexuality. Uh, you know, they never found that particularly compelling. And I eventually decided that I didn't either. But mm-hmm. I was I was aware there was a possibility. And I knew I knew affirming Christians. Uh, I knew Justin Lee, who would go mm-hmm. on to found the gay Christian network. Absolutely. You know, back then. So wow. you know, before wow. he was before he was Justin Lee, um, So I was, you know, I'm not one of these people who, and I feel like affirming folks often imagine like, oh, you're just not affirming because you didn't, you didn't realize it's a possibility. Uh, I knew it was a possibility. I was aware of it. Uh, But I remember as I thought about it, as I read their arguments uh, and, you know, their sort of point of view, I remember thinking, wow, you know, I sure am glad I'm not a Christian because if I was a Christian, you know, I don't think I could believe this. Wow,, uh, yeah, 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 No, that's where I was is you know i don't I don't think I could with integrity, mm. you know and i'm not I'm not saying this judgmentally of anyone else, but you know, no, given, I understand. given other things I believe and the, the sort of the hermeneutical lenses I have, you know, I was like, man, I do not think I would be able to go there and do that. In good hmm. conscience. So I and,
0: and, and you weren't even a, a, a follower of Jesus. At no, this point. I was
1: not. No, I was just. But this definitely entered into my calculations. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, no, am that's Am I going to follow Jesus or not? Because it was because that you know, this was it was yes. up. It was I was aware of the possibility <laughs> that this was going to mess up my life.
0: Um, uh, yes, at
1: least as I understood it, right? At no, the of time. course, I certainly mess up my life as I understood it. But you know, at the same time, <laughs> I had these examples of, you know, like the, these two relationships I talk mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. You know, these people who, yes, it was hard. But it also seemed like they were pretty convinced that that Jesus was worth it. And, you know, they did not seem like lifeless people or, or you know, yeah. seem to have in their own way, like it wasn't the life I'd envisioned my, for myself, but they seemed to have good, you know, rich lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they had friendships that meant a lot to them. You know, they had a relationship with God that meant a lot to them. You know, they, they were, yeah, they were excited and passionate people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah so i would say um you know i was i was aware i was definitely aware that this might uh that this might uh pose some challenges for for my sexuality
0: um oh my goodness
1: but but you know having those examples having those examples uh sort of opened my mind to possibilities that i think i wouldn't have i wouldn't have conceived
0: otherwise if that makes sense Of course. Absolutely. It does. When did the Jesus thing become real and kind of formal if that's the right word for you? When did did you stop kind of exploring and go, okay, I think I'm into this. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to to God, you know, I'm attracted, you know, as, as, as portrayed in the scriptures Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to uh, Jesus and my friends, uh, you know, in, in these relationships and, and, you know, what he seems to, what he seems to do for people. You know, mm. I was, I was really, you know, one of the things that really impressed me is um, how Christians react to uh, being told they're weak, right? You tell, you tell mm. a regular person they're weak, you know, they're like, no, 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 You tell a Christian they're weak, they're a real Christian. They're like, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's true. Right. And, I, and, no, they, absolutely. Me, and, and that made a huge impression upon me at the time. Mm that I think with with faith and with, with genuine faith and with the grace of Jesus, you know, we can be, there's a way in which we can be free from sort of pride and ego and this inability mm-hmm. to acknowledge our weaknesses and, and failures and, and sins and, and need for forgiveness. Um, and so, you know, yeah, that was just another way in which you know, not, and I'm going to say not all Christians, but certainly some Christians were were, mm-hmm. were impressing me, and I was like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, there's this there's this Buddhist uh, there's this Buddhist story. Sorry, I, I spent a lot of time studying Buddhism before I became a Christian, so I often think in those idioms. But there's Buddhist story about you know, uh, there's uh, some guys are walking around and you know they see a monk or an ascetic or something, and and they're they're really impressed by him, and they, and they want to know whose master is. Uh, and so this, you know, that's sort of what I was feeling is, you know, I see these people and I, you know, I want to know who their master is. You know, mm. I want to know that, you know, I want to know their master. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, so this is all, I'm being drawn to, to faith in all these ways, but I'm also at the same time pushing against it. Uh, oh, of course. You know, cause I, right. I fear it's going to ruin my life as a gay woman. Um, you know, and it seems oh. silly right after, after fighting so hard through the bullying and depression, you know, to make it to queer independence, and you know, just when being gay starts to get good, I'm gonna flush that all away. You know? like, <laughs> were you
0: now? Were you dating? Were you dating during this? Not,
1: not at this time. I okay. had initially, but sort of after the depression and all that, I was. Um, i don't know who's the an antidepressants or whatever but i wasn't i wasn't particularly i wasn't particularly i was not yeah so then that also certainly is easier that at the moment i wasn't dating got at it, got it. most actively uh considering crushing got that it. would have added a whole other dynamic in there
0: yes it uh, would have
1: <laughs> but um <laughs> but you know so um there was just a sense of, and you know, I say this now as a Calvinist, and but I, there was a sense of pursuit. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a sense of, you know, God, you know, not only seemed increasingly interesting but increasingly real. Mm. Uh, you know, I would start marshaling objections to Christianity, like I'm going to defend myself against him because I felt like he was like coming to get me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd line up, you know, all these all these reasons why I couldn't become a Christian. You know, so starting <laughs> up with, you know the Bible's wrong on homosexuality, you know, the Bible's wrong on women, the Bible's wrong on hell, you know, and go on and on. And, you know, yep. down, like the little stuff at the end, like, you know, what's up with the two different genealogies of, <laughs> of, of Jesus, or, you know, like you know, yeah. all these reasons, right. That I actually yeah. wrote them all out and like, here's why I can't be a Christian. And you're know, like, That's this, awesome. this is going to, this is going to keep me safe. Um, and, you know, and I also decide I'm going to start, I start reading all this, you know, atheist freethinker literature, Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's going to bolster my eighth because i'm nervous right you know i've never been you know religious in my life and then i'm Mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm you know i'm starting to sound like these weirdos and think like these weirdos
0: (laughs) are you still at princeton when this is all happening i am
1: still at princeton this all takes place at princeton i convert i convert in the summer between my my sophomore and junior year so i am probably home at summer i home on summer break but but I'm, you know, at Princeton very much in that community. And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's part of it too, right? I'm someone who takes pride in her intellect Absolutely. and her rationality. And I'm like, oh, no, like what's becoming of me? Um, and, uh, you know, so I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to bolster my atheism and, and the arguments that I've, you know, so I'm reading these, you know, the last two books I read before I became a Christian. Well, one is a magazine. I read a copy of Free Inquiry magazine, mm-hmm. like a secular atheist magazine. Mm-hmm. And I read mm-hmm. I Nielsen's Ethics Without God.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I those, are, those well. are the two
1: things I read before I become a Christian, right? Because I'm desperately, you know, right. but, but, you know, I read these things and all I can see are the holes in the arguments. Hmm. All I can, see, you know, it all seems flimsy. It all seems weak. You know, I'm I watching a religious round table, you know, where they had, you know, sort of multi faith, you know, I think they had Christians mm-hmm. and Jews and Muslims. And then they have an atheist guy over here. And every time the atheist, and this, I think, it was on public, yeah on public television. And every time the atheist guy opens his mouth, I'm like yelling at him, you know, because I'm like, no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding them. You know, you're misrepresenting them. You don't really understand what they're saying. And, you know, and I'm watching this with, I'm watching this with an atheist friend and he's like this completely, you know, what is wrong with you?
0: You've loved us.
1: Yeah. Or he's like, you know, and then I'm like, you know, at some point I'm, you know, I'm telling him how stressed this friend, you know, we are talking about this and I tell him how stressed out I am uh, you know, that, you know, I feel like, you know, there's this God and I feel like he's, he's gonna, you know, on the one hand, I'm interested. And on the other hand, I feel like he's going to ruin my life. Uh, and, you know, mm. I don't know what to do with this. And he says, well, you know, well, why don't you just pick a different God? And I say, and I <laughs> shout out in response, you know, I don't think I'm the one doing the picking. Mm. Um, and that's how, you know, obviously as being reformed now, I sort of look back to that and I said, Yes, yes. You know, that, but <laughs> that was how I even without that lens at the time, that is that is that is how it was. That's how mm. intense it was. You know, this mm-hmm. this God is after me and I'm intrigued, I'm he's appealing, but I'm scared. Um, oh
0: yeah. No uh, question. so that's
1: yeah, that, that's that's uh what's going on there. And then that was sort of the the snapping point. Um, mm-hmm. I would say all those objections to Christianity I'd, I'd written down and lined up like ducks in a row, uh, you know, they, I don't think they were answered. You know, I don't think they disappeared or I received, you know, sort of justifications for any of mm-hmm. them. But it, it seemed to me that they didn't matter in the same yeah. way. They seem yeah. small and insignificant, right? So before it was yep. like, okay, this is why I can't become a Christian. But then it switched to like, okay, You know, if the living God of love is calling to me, to himself, you know, inviting me into relationship with himself, you know, drawing near to me, you know, maybe I should respond to that and, you know, we'll work out these disagreements and, you know, confusions later. Right. (laughs) And so, and that that was, I think, the sort of the mental shift that took place. And that's, I think, what sort of crossed me over, um, you know, I think the next morning, I knelt down and, you know, prayed a very profanity laden version of the of the sinner's prayer. <laughs> and, awesome. you know, I acknowledged Jesus as my, you know, because I was pretty stressed out and, you know, acknowledged, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And Holy crap. Gave myself to him. So that's, yeah, that is how I became a Christian.
0: And so now you're Christian and you're gay. I'm Christian and I'm gay. And, and this was kind of in the height or I don't know if it was the height of, but it was certainly the beginnings of the ex-gay movement, which is the idea, of course, that you can, as as Jesus follower, kind of be, have your orientation transformed. Um, yeah. And so was that, so, so where did you gravitate now? So you've heard the progressive Christian stuff. You've yeah. heard the non-Christian stuff. You've heard the conservative Christian stuff. Right. Um, that had to be a very confusing season. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. To try to wrestle with, well, okay, what do I do now?
1: yeah yeah so um yeah the ex gay thing was definitely out there um and uh, I knew a lot like from my particip- from my participation in this dialogue i knew mm. I knew lots of the leaders of at exodus international uh mm-hmm. leaders of exodus so I was actually uh sort of connected to that, and that definitely informed my thinking at first uh, on the one hand, I think it helped that I was in conversation with a lot of those people directly mm. because you know, when you actually talked to, you know, I think it was sort of misunderstood in the church as, you know, everybody's Mm. just healed. Everybody's just transformed if they want to be. Uh, But when you actually talked to, you know, ex gays or same sex attracted Christians themselves, you know, there was often a lot more realism, you know, acknowledgement, (laughs) of ongoing struggle. You know, no, yeah.
0: I mean, so. No, absolutely. I mean, we thought, you know, I mean, we only, we only let people struggle in the past. Right. Right. (laughs) Okay. We don't, we don't encourage people to struggle last night.
1: Right. 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 So, um, but yeah, so I would say, I think I was hopeful that I would, Hmm. I would change, you know, I read Mm -hmm. the books that, uh, I thought would help me in that regard. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got informal counseling, uh, from a, from an Exodus leader Mm -hmm. for a time, uh, when I went to grad school, I would attend an Exodus ministry, for a while. So I oh,
0: was. in well, grad school's MIT getting your PhD. Yeah, that's clear. right. That's, there okay. we go. There we go. I just yeah. want to throw out that, like, when you talk about being in love or fascinated by your intellect, there's a lot to be fascinated <laughs> by. All right. That's all. Let me just, just want to throw that out there. All right. So now you're in grad school. Yeah. And, um, and you're trying to figure out this Jesus thing. Yeah. And, and you've got the ex gay sort of ministry calling, right? Because that was, yeah. th- that seems like that was the only. And again, please correct my misunderstanding, but it seems like that was the only sort of option at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, there were different sort of positions within that. You know, I don't okay. think that was sort of a monolithic movement. Uh, like I say, you know, I mentioned my my friend there who, who had never experienced any sort of change, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in her orientation. Uh, but she, you know, she's still very much identified, you know, with those people as as Got part it. of that movement. So. Yeah, that was that was how I framed it and I think as time went on, you know, I saw problems with that, I experienced, you know, sort of frustrations with it.
0: But the, that that so so I'm again, I'm so sorry to interrupt, No, there's no, no. A, there's a, there's something in there I know that you get into later. Okay. Which is the, the goal of that ministry was orientation change. Correct? That was what healing was defined as. Is yeah. that is that true? Uh
1: I think that was the ideal. Um, I think uh, there was another sense in which uh, healing was, um, I-, I think particularly as as the years went on with Exodus, and this sort of happened while I was there, there was a shift from increasing emphasis on identity, right? Mm-hmm. That healing was, you know, you're not going to identify as gay anymore, you know, or it's um, mm-hmm. And so no. that was, you know, to the, I think the unsuspecting straight person, that sounds like, Oh, the same thing, right. You're not, you're not yeah, gay anymore. It does.
0: It does. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. But the
1: actual reality was no. Okay. You were still, you were, you still might have these feelings, but you had to, I don't know, sort of
0: not be defined by them. N-
1: yeah. Whatever that means, which right, right, I, I right. that right. language, but yes. Oh, we're
0: going to get, we'll, we'll get to that.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So I, I, yes, that was the, that was the framework I worked through. Um, I will say I was very grateful to have other influences, uh, Mm. in my life. Uh, the, the, there's a woman who discipled me in college. Mm. Uh, she was, uh, she was associated with the, the, the Princeton evangelical fellowship. Uh, she was the, she was the wife of the director of that fellowship. Mm. Uh, and she, you know, she, she started out meeting with me, um, to talk about the Bible once a week. Uh, Mm. but then, uh, You know, as I went through bouts of depression and other stuff, we sort of, we developed a a closer, we developed a closer uh, relationship, uh, you know, sort of a mentorship. And it was sort of helpful, you know, she was straight, she had nothing to, you know, had no idea about any of this ex-gay stuff, you know. (laughs) I think she thought, you know, yeah, I should change and that would be nice if I changed, but she wasn't, she wasn't Mm. focused on that. And so I think uh, it definitely helped me to have this sort of regular Christian Christian you know, voice for, you know, regular Christian discipleship, you know, regular Christian sanctification,
0: yeah.
1: uh, you know, sort of grounding me uh, in in just sort of a, a broader a broader sense of, of what it is to follow Jesus, uh, rather than, you know, I think for some people, you can just get so ensconced in that ex-gay world, and so that uh, following Jesus is reduced to, you know, trying to You're seek right, right. Or, or, you know, trying to abstain, yep. and that, you know, that's the only source of information you have. So I, I was certainly grateful, you know, from her and then from others to have other people speaking in and broadening my view of, of, you know, discipleship, sanctification, what it means to follow Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, what it means to be faithful, um, in a way that I think eventually would help me sort of move beyond the, the ex-gay sort of mold, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It does. So, so pushing forward a bit, um, Uh, You're still attracted to women. Yes. Find Jesus compelling. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And w- what are you thinking about about your future? Because what I want to get to is the fact that w- your bio says you're married to Tim and have two kids, right? And right. so there's a WTF moment coming. Yes, yes, um, yeah, yes. Sorry. Yes. So let's 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 visit that one for a second because that hasn't changed. Correct. I mean, based on things I've heard you say, right? You're still a- attracted to overwhelmingly attracted to women. Yes, yes, yes. And um, and yet you have a flourishing. Family. Yes. Um, so, so, so kind of lead us through that. Okay. The, the decision to not, it, once the ex-gay movement, okay, there, there are holes here. That's not going to be everything it's saying it's going to be. Right, right, right. Um, And, and I'm still a Jesus follower and you yeah. have permission from both culture and progressive of yeah, yeah. Uh, Christians to, to right. not have yeah, to wrestle that. through that. Yeah. You could just run with it. Yeah. What was it that kept you kind of filtering back to right. celibacy and then right. marrying some dude? Right. Well, so the
1: the first I mean, means so the first thing is actually in the beginning, there is a lot of back and forth in my heart, in my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. I would uh, imagine there's a lot of inner debate and wrestling. You know, what do I believe about this? You know, sure. is, can God be good if he's calling me to this? Right. Uh, You know, there's, there's a lot of turmoil, you know, there's a time when every day I wake up and it's like, you know, am am I going to follow Jesus today or not? You know, it really got to that point of like a a daily decision. And I'm not saying that's good. You know, I think we should have more stability than that, but that was, you know, that was, that was where I was at at the time. For sure. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a point at which, you know, there's a point at which, uh, I decide, you know, I can't, um, sorry. Uh, there's a, there's a point at which I, I, you know, debating theology, right? I'm reading all the mm-hmm, affirmative mm-hmm. affirming theology I can get my hands on. Cause I'm desperate Surely. to convince myself. Of course. And, and at one point I get to the point where I'm like, you know, and I think I'm almost there. Right. I get, I'm like, God, you know, here I am. This does, doesn't make sense. Right. This doesn't intuitively make sense to me why you would ask this of me. And I think you want me to use my mind and you know be rational and so you know i'm not going to do this until until it's explained to me and, and until it makes sense mm-hmm. uh and i say this and this lasts for about 15 minutes because i realize um you know okay yeah i don't understand that i don't understand why god is forbidding me to express my sexuality in that way but you know here's mm-hmm. something else i don't understand you know the gospel you know and it's like you know that that you know the God of heaven and earth, right. Is going to come down uh, and become a man, you know, and, and die on a cross, right. To, 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 to rescue me from the sin and from sin and the devil and to, you know, reconcile me to himself. So, you know, we can, you know, live together eternally. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know, that doesn't make sense either. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to believe, but I like believing that, right. I like the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's encouraging. So it's like, yeah. if I'm going to believe God and the Bible, where he says what I would like him to say, uh, even though it doesn't necessarily make sense, then if i'm being consistent, then i've got to believe oh man it doesn't make sense oh man and and that was hard, but i I couldn't shake that um, yeah. there were times I faltered, there were times i you know was sort of living a double life, you know, had a foot in both worlds uh, of course got, oh, wow. in, got involved in a in a relationship uh but mm-hmm. You know, even there, you know, it was sort of like this hot and cold, tumultuous thing for me. I couldn't have peace. Mm. I could, I, I just, and, you know, and I see, and I know they're affirming people and, you know, I'd envy them. Right? Wow, how do they do it? You know, but I just, I could not, I could not make it work. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I eventually uh, came to a place where uh, I realized I had to um, uh, just sort of commit myself wholeheartedly. Uh, to, to following God and that, you know, doing this half and half sort of thing wasn't going to work. Uh, So, so that, you know, so that was, that was, so I just, I moved away from the ex gay mindset and just became focused on becoming a serious, a serious disciple of Jesus, you know, working on my spiritual disciplines, Mm -hmm. um, you know, becoming a person who prays becoming a person Sorry, Siri's interrupting me.
0: <laughs> becoming a person who, She's recording everything. You know,
1: what, what, um, you know, becoming a person who, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, reads, reads God's word, becoming a person who memorizes scripture and is fed by that throughout the yeah. day. As she calls it to mind, uh, you know, becoming a person who serves, you know, uh, you know, one thing that I didn't, Talk about it. I don't have time to get into. Is but I'm sure it's obvious to most people. I was initially very alienated from Christians. You know, I did mm-hmm. not feel comfortable around them. You know, I looked yeah. pretty dykey for you know mm-hmm. most of my early years as a Christian. Uh, and so, but I came to a point. You know, as I'm pursuing this more wholehearted discipleship, is that no, wait, this is my family. I have to be committed to these people. You know, I become yeah. so I become more involved in my in my grad student fellowship. You know, I, start, mm. I I'm co-teaching an Alpha course.
0: I'm, oh my goodness.
1: I'm co-leading, I'm co-leading a Bible study. I'm spending all this time, you know, building family and experiencing family with other believers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, gradually over time, you know, this is taking on a more dominant place in my life than the sort of the ex-gay mindset. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, as I do this, like, it's hard, there's challenges, but I'm also thriving. You know, mm. I feel myself growing as a Chris- Christian, I'm growing in connection to others. I'm growing in my ability to love others you know, and I'm, I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I decide, wait, you know, and, then, and I think that was sort of the end of the sort of the endless, you know, struggle back and forth. Mm. And, the, you know, what I would say is a place of contentment with celibacy. Um, and so, so I'd like to emphasize that, that I think God had me work that out and mm-hmm. come to a place of contentment, you know, before, before I moved on to the next thing.
0: Uh, right. So that's and what the I. Next tried, thing, I that's what and I the next thing, thing was a dude.
1: The next thing was a dude, and you know, Come we. Were, I know, right, right, and you know, we were friends. He was part of this Christian fellowship. Uh, I was part of, and all of a sudden, you know, and I, I'd known him for years, and I'd never thought much about him one way or the other, <laughs> but, 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 I mean, honestly, right? Um. So, but there oh. came a point, and um. Uh. I didn't know this at the time but unbeknownst to me he was asking God to give me to him for a wife (laughs) Um, what yeah yeah so he told a friend like oh I think I kind of want to date Johanna and the friend a mutual friend knows both of us and he's like uh I think if you want to date Johanna you're gonna have to wait a really long time uh so yeah so but I didn't know this at the time but um so we start talking and I I just at first it starts out I just find what he says as being interesting you know Mm. I Uh, And then I find myself. That's how it starts. And then I find myself, you know, I'm in church. And if I'm in church before him, I'm like, when is he going to show up? You know, when is, you know, is he going to sit by me? Uh, You know, if I'm at a party, I'm like, is he there or not? Um, um, Yeah. So we talk and we, yeah, we totally lose track of time. Uh, Mm. There was a time at his, uh, you know, I went over to his apartment and I'm leaving. And I think my, my watch must be upside down. Uh, because it feels like it's 10 o'clock, but it's actually 4.30 in the morning. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, that's how, you know, that's how, you know, when we spent time together, it was sort of like electric. And so none of this was, none of this was explicitly sexual. Uh, But, but it was, it was romantic, you know, it Mm. was, it was falling in love. It was, it was, it was delight. It was, it was interest. Um, And so I told him this, I said, look, you know, I actually barged into his apartment one morning, and I said, "You know, look. You know, I know you're leaving town. You've you've accepted this job out in Dayton. Um, (laughs) You know, I know I told you I was a lesbian, and I still am. But you know, I've never felt anything for a guy before, and I have no idea how you feel about me. But I just thought I should tell you." Wow. So yeah, and so with that we started dating.
0: Oh, my Lord.
1: Uh, yeah. And that was sort of, you know, I was excited, you know, as but as things move more serious and we start talking about marriage, I was like, oh, man, this could go badly. Uh, mm. Because, you know, I knew, you know, from, from being so familiar with so much of the ex-gay movement, you know, I knew lots of horror stories, you know, I, or maybe mm. not horror oh. stories, but really hard yeah. stories. So I, for a while, I tried to scare him off. I'm like, no, 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 you're an idiot. You're an idiot. This is never going to work out. You know, for all we know, this is just a phase I'm going through. Um, mm. And... Um, but we get to, but you know, he's, he's committed and he's interested and he's like, no, 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 I think we can work it out. Uh, And I come to a point when I realize you know what, I'm never going to know for sure where my feelings are going to be at. You know, I I can't know Mm. for sure that this is just going to be a phase and that is going to last. But I come to a point where I, I realize that while I don't know what the future holds that that I want to spend the rest of my life with him and I don't know exactly Mm -hmm. that what that will look like but that I want to share my life with him I want to do life with him I want to have a family with him uh and um yeah and so that and that you know we talked about it and that's yeah that's that's we got married
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. And there and there's so much to explore yeah. there. Yeah. So um, sorry, yeah. No, don't no, no sorry at all. <laughs> I'm I'm the one egging you on. This is uh um because I, and the reason I wanted to spend uh time on your story is is because of because it informs then how you respond to people who um, cause you're now part of the spiritual friend, friendship movement, yeah. uh, the revoice conference we've had yeah. Nate on before. Yeah. And, and the, the not so shocking part, uh, is the, the criticism. Obviously I can see the progressive criticism going, <laughs> dude, you guys are suffering. What, <laughs> what, what kind of idiots are you? Um, but it's the conservative criticism that seems so interesting, yeah, um, yeah. to me, and they're not interesting in a good way, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, and so, so, can let's transition a little bit. Yep. Um, uh, tell, explain for people who are not familiar with the spiritual friendship sort of movement. Um, what is it? What what what's it about? Um, what's it emphasize? How did the revoice? uh, conference sort of come out of that. And, and, uh, I'm assuming you're speaking there again this year. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm currently, uh, looks like I'm going to be speaking for spiritual friendship and revoice this year. So that'll be, Boom. That'll be pretty- so
0: are those two separate organizations or cause yeah. I, I, yes. There's, okay. There's two okay. So spiritual friendship, uh, is the, is
1: the older organization. Um, it started out as just sort of a private conversation, uh, between, the folks that were thinking a lot about these issues. Hmm. Um, and then that eventually turned into a, a public blog, uh, founded by, uh, Wesley Hill and Wesley, Ron Belgau yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I think Wes's first book washed and waiting is the absolute best book on the subject, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, so mm-hmm. just, um, and... until you
0: write yours, ha ha
1: ha. No, 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 never, not even, I mean, not that I'll never write a book, but it, it won't be that good.
0: Okay. But, um,
1: but uh sorry yeah so
0: spiritual friendship yeah
1: spiritual friendship is just it's it's basically focusing on the reality that for most not focusing on the reality but it takes for granted it takes for granted two things right that um uh, you know we believe that the bible does not sanction or does not permit same-sex relationships or same-sex marriage or you know Mm same-sex sexual relationships or same-sex marriage but also you know the ex-gay approach. Uh, for most people, it's not just going to go away. Um, mm-hmm. And for some people, marriage may not be the wisest course uh, if it to, opposite you know, sex it, marriage. Right. Uh, sorry, opposite sex marriage may not be the wisest course, uh, mm-hmm. particularly if it doesn't go away. Uh, and so, I, I think, and you know, I'm not, I don't, I haven't gotten Ron to sign off on this or anything, but I, w- I but I would think the point is that the main focus is that it's worth. You know for those particular as for all of us but especially for those uh, same-sex attracted people who who aren't going to marry uh you know it's still not good for them to be alone uh yeah. and uh, the we need to uh, recover the significance of friendship uh as a as a i think as a christian community particularly uh we need to uh, encourage you know deeper friendship Uh, deeper kinds of relationship outside of the marriage relationship and we need to encourage um, yeah just different ways of being spiritual family to each other different ways of being present Mm -hmm. in each other's lives and for those of us who are same-sex attracted and by almost inevitably you know our relationships our friendships with people of the same sex are going to be a little complicated (laughs) at Mm -hmm. least on our end Mm -hmm. Um, you know not all the time but but often enough you know there's Mm. we have to learn how to purify that or think about how to purify that, you know, how to, how to cling to what is, is pure and holy and good and life giving uh, in our friendships and, you know, how to get rid of, of what is carnal, you know, what is fleshly, what's pulling us down, what's pulling us away from Jesus. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of conservative critics are like, Oh, you know, you know, you, you know, totally. fleeing, fleeing immorality here means that, you know, if you're gay, you probably shouldn't have a same sex friend. Um, your you know, friend. <laughs>
0: right, but, you know that's, you know, that's the Mike Pence rule, right? But, uh, right, but but homosexual. Think people
1: who aren't thinking carefully are just going to apply that. Like that's. I right. mean, I've heard people say that, mm. um, and they assume that every time we talk about friendship, you know, we're just trying to, you know, make an excuse, you know for the, for the flesh or, you know, just trying to gratify, Mm -hmm. you know, we're calling it friendship, but we're trying to gratify our desires in some way, but no, it's it's just an acknowledgement is, you know, we can't live alone or, or we shouldn't that loneliness is a problem. It's a, you know, it's a problem for other people, but it's a huge problem for, for, for gay Christians. And so we've got to, if, if everybody shouldn't get married, And maybe they shouldn't then we need to find other ways of dealing with that and yeah Mm -hmm. and it's and it's going to be complicated to navigate that if you're a same-sex attracted christian and you need help that's not a reason to not navigate it and just run the other way but it is a reason to be sort of mindful and prayerful in in how you navigate that and yeah that resources like spiritual friendship could be valuable for that
0: so some of the some of the criticisms uh, I find uh, I've heard anyway are um, you shouldn't use gay language, right? The <laughs> yeah. the word gay um, yeah. doesn't apply, or you shouldn't use it, or there's like other Christian-y words, same sex right, attracted is right, right, what right. you know thrown out, or uh, and, and kind of what's your take on that?
1: Uh, so when I was very when I was very uh, more influenced by the ex-gay movement, I followed uh, that that line myself. I, um, but uh, I've sort of come to a place where I think it's a matter of uh, personal, uh, where are your personal struggles? What's your personal trajectory? You know, I think for, um, I think for someone who is feeling, uh, having a hard time letting their, their past life, their old life go, you know, I think it can be helpful for them for a season to use language that sort of distances themselves from that, you know, mm-hmm. sort of, um, but I think a lot of Christians are are in a different place and we're, uh, particularly those who are raised in the church are, are in a place of their big struggle is needing to acknowledge their reality, right? Mm-hmm. And, and accept it in some sense as reality as something that's going on in their lives so they can deal with it. So I think, you know, I don't, I don't like rules about language either way. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think, I think same sex attracted or or some equivalent can be better for some people, but I also think uh, plenty of, plenty of faithful, same sex attracted, plenty of, faithful gay believers, sorry, I'm mixing up the language here, uh, would say, you know, people who have, who have a solid track record, right, of living mm-hmm. purely following Jesus, not falling into sin, have said that they find gay language helpful mm-hmm. uh, in one way or another for, uh, in in help, in helping them deal with these issues. So, and, you know, the thing I always come back to is, you know, uh, and I talk about this uh, in my, in my, uh, in my pre-conference talk is, um, you know, I realized that the first thing I said to myself when I came out to myself was, you know, I am gay. Yeah. I'm 11 years old. I'm not talking about identity. Right. Hmm. I, I, I've never met, I've I've never met another gay person. I'm not talking about my attachment to a gay community. You know, it's, I'm just saying that, that I like women. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh you know, to me, that just sort of reveals that based on what we're at, you know, the word can have different connotations to us and personal significance to us. But, you know, these claims that the, world, that the word intentionally, you know, the word inevitably has a sort of cultural significance or, you know, sort of an identity significance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's, I don't think that makes sense. And, you know, I don't think how English, how the English word is actually used sort of supports that, if that makes sense.
0: It does. But, but the critics would say uh, you use it in an identifying kind of way. So, so, and again, I mean, I don't buy this. uh, So I'm setting this up so that you can, (laughs) you know, you know, so, so that you're just swinging the bat of, uh, of Princeton and MIT. But, Uh um, Uh, But wouldn't that, wouldn't they say, okay, but you use it in identifying way. In other words, you call yourself a gay Christian and it's a movement of gay Christians and it's that language is used. So you're describing the kind of Christian you are by the, by using the word gay. Wouldn't it be more appropriate to just say you're Christians who happen to be gay or you're Christians who happen to be same sex attracted? Why, why does gay Christian, why does that moniker so important that you identify yourself that way. (laughs) Well, Well,
1: I mean, I I don't, I'm not sure if this is what you're looking for, but, um, my own feeling is that
0: I'm not um, looking I'm looking, we're we're
1: not making a big, I mean, I not personally all that attached one way or the other to, to gay Christian as a moniker, you know, I think to me it basically means the same thing as Christian who happens to be gay or Christian who <laughs> happens to be same sex attracted. So, it, you know, I'm, I just don't see why we're making a big deal out of this, you know, one way or the other. You know, I don't see, you know, I don't actually go around, you know, I'm a gay Christian, I'm a gay Christian, I'm a gay Christian. You know, it seems like a short, succinct way to talk about. You know the people, a, p- a group of people who have both of these traits, uh, but I don't actually see the gay sort of qualifying the Christian, if that makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: I just oh, absolutely, right. I, so I because agree
1: because of our cultural situation right now, you know, the world and the church is kind of interested in this question, right? It's mm-hmm. a point of controversy. It's it's something people talk about, and you know, either gay Christian or some other language is a to me is just a convenient way of inserting myself into the conversation is, you know, look, you know, here I've got a stake in both of these things. I have some experience with both of these things, you know, here's what I think. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that I don't think we're the ones uh, making a big deal out of gay Christian or like adhering to it. Or, you know, I think, uh, but isn't it it, fixating on it more?
0: Absolutely. But, but I think they're claiming that, that you're making gayness a part of your identity um, in ways that, you know, and, and, and again, I'm quoting here, okay, I mean, I'm mean, okay. i quoting, the thought of other people, right? right, like, right, I, right I don't, right. I don't, I don't walk around saying, Hey, uh, I, I'm, I'm a porn, uh, addicted Christian. Right. So why would you, why would you make your sin? And again, I'm quoting, <laughs> why would you make your sin central to your identity? Right. Cause right. It's, doesn't it say in first Corinthians six, and that's what some of you were, uh, when it talks about, when it talks about, so I, so. So I'm trying to set you up to kick ass, oh, Johanna, sorry. because you had this line in your talk that it was just the greatest thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, "Go oh, get there. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I know but, I'm, I'm being playful. But yeah. but there's a there's a the sense in which and the, the critique seems to be. Um, why are you why are you identifying as gay if you hold the traditional biblical view right um right. why would you why would you wrap that into a part of your identity and not you know because because what it seems like the encouraged it's the same ex-gay trick now being done uh, at a kind of different level that, right. so, so let's not call yourselves gay. Let's call yourselves something else. Right. Right. Um, and, and now you shouldn't identify as mm-hmm. if you were something uh, as gay, you should identify as something else. Right. Um, because it seems like using that language makes it okay that you're still gay.
1: Right. 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 So I does mean, does that make sense? Am yeah. I making sense yeah. I no, I know. I think that makes sense. I mean, what, what I would Uh, what I would say, first of all, is, you know, this is, this is a part of my reality. This is a part of my ongoing experience. You know, it's not like I don't notice, (laughs) you know, it's not like both, both, you know, it's shaped my past. it, It shapes my present. It'll probably shape my future. You know, this is, uh, this is where, you know, historically the rubber meets the road for me in terms of discipleship. You know, this mm-hmm. is where I've wrestled the most with God in terms of faith and surrender and trust, you know, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, there's a sense in which it, um, this experience, uh, you know, even though I don't see it as essential to who I am, I don't believe I'm going to be gay in heaven. But, you know, there's mm-hmm. a way in which this ongoing reality uh is important to me and and continues to be important. And I think that's true, you know, whether or not it's broken, whether or not it's fallen, whether or not it's simple, you know, this, this place of weakness uh, has impact on my life. And if I'm Mm going to live wisely, if I'm going to live well, if I'm going to make straight paths for my feet, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta be alert to that. I gotta be aware of that. Uh, So, yeah. So when people uh, freak out about identity, you know, Mm -hmm. at first, I want to be like, well, you know, what are you talking about? You know, like, or the, whatever the Nashville statements, terminology, right? Self-conception.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: You know, well, this, there
0: That's are ways in
1: which this figure, particularly as a Christian, there are ways in which this figures into my self-understanding, you know, not in some ultimate ontological sense, but, you oh. know, as a fallen fleshly, uh, very much in process disciple of Jesus, you know, it. it's it's part of the equation. It's, it's part of, it's part of, who I am uh, right now, in, in mm-hmm. some sense. And, and, you know, we can dress it up with all this, you know, this fancy talk about ontology and who I really am and who I really am in Christ. But ultimately, I feel like this is about can I talk about my experience right now? Can other believers, you know, particularly those who are in a lot more need than I am, of being able to talk and having somebody to talk to, you know, can they speak about about their experience without constantly, you know, getting people in their face for the the identity front? I mean, I do think there's a dangerous kind of identity. I, hmm. I do think there are people, particularly affirming people, uh, who, you know, will say, um, and uh, who will who will say things like, no, you know, this being gay you know, defines what is good for me. You know, it defines who mm-hmm. I'm meant to live, you know, who I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be, who God wants, you know, God created me to be this way and this is how God wants me to live. This is who God wants me to be. Uh, from where I stand, I think that's a problematic, I think that's a, you know, I... I think that's a problematic kind of identity. I think it undermines people's obedience, and I think it, it, it directs them away from what God wants them to do. But the Christians that the critics are going after, the spiritual friendship Christians, the revoice Christians, but mm-hmm. that's not what's going on here. You know, none of these people are affirming. None of these people are just trying to justify uh, compromise or disobedience, or what I understand as compromise or disobedience mm-hmm. to God, or, you know, uh, affirmation of same-sex uh, marriage or, or sexuality, you know, there's you know that I don't see uh, how you can accuse someone of identifying with this sinful identity uh, if they are you know if they're they're basically putting it to death if they're choosing against it mm. you know if mm. they're if they're mm. laying it down and saying you know what I feel these things I long for these things uh, but you know Jesus is more important. Jesus is calling the shots in my life. You know, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think that. I don't think it makes any sense to harp on the identity point with people who are following Jesus and denying themselves uh, in this way.
0: Yes, that that's the jackhammer. Point. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, seriously. Here's what you said in the talk, and and I I shouted because I. <laughs> I mean, you just, it just it just blew my mind. If you're living, and and you have a transcript of this thing, and I'm, I, I will refer in the notes to the talk. Um, if you're living in obedience to biblical teaching, abstaining from the sexual and romantic relationships you most desire, there is no serious debate to be had over which is more central to who you are: your faith or your sexuality. And I was going, my lord, <laughs> but, but so. So I'm just quoting you back to yourself saying, great job. You really said that great. Um, But then there seems on the progressive side of things, right? Hearing you talk and answer some of the Mm -hmm. conservative concerns, there's a progressive concern that's just like, but look at the bad fruit of your theology, Mm -hmm. Johanna. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you yourself have experienced depression and isolation Mm -hmm. and And, um, and, you know, being pushed away and the shame, I mean, right. We can't, Mm -hmm. we can't get in touch with what your experience has been like for those of us who haven't walked that road. Right, right, right. So how, how can you promote this when the fruit of that teaching is so, is so nasty? Oh, so,
1: so the key thing I want to say to that, and this is part of why I think uh, revoice particularly is so important is that, uh, yes, I think there has been uh, a lot of suffering, a lot of unhappiness. Um, I think a lot of it doesn't have to be that way. I, I think there are ways in which uh, gay Christians can, uh, seeking to be faithful to a traditional sexual ethic can make things better for themselves. Mm. Uh, and I think there are ways in which the church in you know, a greater emphasis on community, on spiritual family, uh, you know, on being able on creating ways for us to be present in each other's lives, you know, other than than marriage and nuclear family, uh, could mm. could make a huge difference. So, mm-hmm. yes, I see suffering. I believe that a lot of the suffering doesn't have to be that way. Um, and uh, to be honest, a lot of the suffering I think comes from discouragement from the church. You know, mm. it's it's not the inherent theology itself. It's you know being relentlessly misunderstood or you know having Uh, you know, having people draw back from you or, you know, be alienated, be alienated from you, having people reject you because they don't like exactly what you say or, you know, policing your Mm -hmm. language because Mm -hmm. they don't quite understand, you know, why you did that thing or why you said that thing. So, yeah, I want to say that I, I do think, you know, there is some suffering and difficulty. You know, I think I think denying yourself sexually and relationally uh, is a stressor. <laughs> I think, you know, it's not it's not, you think? it's not, it's not an easy thing, right?
0: Yeah, no and kidding.
1: So, but I don't think everything that's a stressor should automatically be uh, thrown out of our lives,
0: right? Um, yeah, yes. And, and because that gets to your theology of sanctification, right?
1: Right, right. That,
0: that the goal of sanctification isn't to remove all pain and discomfort. Right, right, right. Right. Go, right. go a bit into that. Cause you, you hit it a bit in the, in the talk. Right. Well, let me, um, can I just, can I just sort of finish up the last thing? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah. No, I just,
1: So I just want to say that I think, uh, you know, some, uh, some of the suffering doesn't have to be that way. Uh, so I, I think I would say what I would answer to a progressive Christian is that I think when people, when there is quote unquote, bad fruit, people have been doing it wrong. Uh, the church has been doing it wrong. The culture, the community has been doing it wrong. Um, so I think uh, there's a a lot of the suffering can be avoided or mitigated. And I think uh, even if it can't be, I think the hard stuff, I think the church could do a much better job of Hmm. bearing our burdens, coming alongside of us, you know, helping, uh, helping us to have uh, a more hopeful, a more, a more uh, a perspective that sees what God is doing through this and, and, and how he's using it. Uh, So Yeah, I I think there's a lot of mess out there right now, and that's why I think Revoice uh, is so urgent, and it's really important that we have these conversations uh, because, you know, the world sees it. The world sees the pain. The world sees the mess. Uh, you know, particularly the progressive, you know, progressive Christians see them as Christians who aren't sure, right? Christians who are of on course. the fence. Oh, my goodness. They're yes. like, wow, this is really hard. You know, I heard a friend the other day just tell me that, you know, she thinks uh, someone in her life is becoming side A because, or sorry, side A is a language we use, um, yeah. becoming affirming um, because, because she's having a hard time. So as uncomfortable it is, we need to look at this and face it head on. But I want to say that, a lot of it doesn't have to be that way. And what does have to be that way, we can bear it together, you know, as what I believe God desires for us is to bear this together as a church uh, in unity and spiritual family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, lifting each other up, carrying each other uh, and not just gay Christians taking care of each other, but you know, the, the straight, this, the the rest Mm -hmm. of the church coming in on it too. And Mm -hmm. I think, Uh, And that's what I hope for. And, you know, that's what I pray for. And uh, I think, I think that's, that's the way forward. And that's, that's the hope that I have.
0: Oh, Johanna boy. Thank you. Holy moly. This is such good stuff. I mean, we've been going an hour and 20 minutes. Sorry. No, 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 no. Don't you dare apologize. I feel like there's still, you know, so many questions. I'd, I'd love to ask you, Bob. Um, for the sake of uh, our audience, um, yeah. we'll officially wrap up. Although I'd love you to love for you to stay on the line for just a second. Okay. Um, so, so friends, um, you can you can find out much more um, on the Revoice website. Uh, Joanna has her own website, right? Which is uh, Johannafinnegan.com Right. So that's J O H A N N A finnegan is fine again.
1: Yeah, F I N E G
0: A N. Um and uh and so thank you. Oh my goodness, thank you for this. This is such great stuff. You're welcome.